everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, Everything Caternix Quail. As you know, I am a homesteader. I raise Caternix Quail for eggs, meat, and manure. And today, I wanted to cover a topic of personal interest to me, which is the rise in recent years in animal welfare and commercial farming. Now, I am approaching this topic as a homesteader. I discuss why someone might choose homesteading as opposed to purchasing organic, pasture-raised, and certified humane meat, dairy, and eggs. Many people choose homesteading, among other things, so that they know where their meat, eggs, dairy, and animal products come from, and so they know that it was given a good life and treated humanely and with respect. Homesteading has risen in popularity among suburban and urban dwellers, and small animals can make the reality of self-sufficiency come true for those who live in suburban and urban environments. I also want to point out that self-sufficiency doesn't have to mean total self-sufficiency. It can just mean growing some of your own vegetables, collecting eggs from your chickens, ducks, or quail, and supplementing your store-bought meat with some that you raise locally on your homestead. Commercial farming has a massive carbon footprint. Food products in modern grocery stores often travel long distances. Marking meat and produce as locally raised in supermarkets and shopping at farmer's markets has seen a rise in popularity over the years. Choosing to raise your own animals means that in addition to avoiding supporting factory farming, you can control knowing where your food comes from, how it's raised, and how it's slaughtered. I gathered information from several sources for this episode on why someone might choose to homestead or feel skeptical of food labels certifying livestock and poultry as organic, grass-fed, free-range, and pasture-raised. So let's start with talking a little bit about food labels in the U.S. Although there are homesteaders who aspire to produce 100% of their own food, plant and animal products alike, this goal requires a lot of land, time, and money. And for many homesteaders, it simply isn't realistic. While trips to the grocery store and the number of items you need to purchase from the grocery store can certainly be cut down, most homesteaders who aspire towards self-sufficiency wish to be able to produce their own vegetables, eggs, meat, and dairy products. Suburban and urban homesteaders will have to further reduce these goals a little bit, but many homesteaders in urban and suburban areas can successfully aspire to produce their own eggs, grow many of their own vegetables, and supplement their meat consumption with animals they grow themselves. This means that even among homesteaders who raise animals such as Caternix quail for meat and eggs, Many of us also rely on buying certain poultry and livestock products from the grocery store. Some homesteaders begin raising their own meat because they aren't able to pay the higher prices for organic, grass-fed, and free-range products, which is definitely worth keeping in mind as I discuss the different kinds of food labels out there. Who governs food labels? The USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Independent organizations also set their own standards for certifications, such as organic, free-range, grass-fed, etc. I broke this down and all the other labels that I did some research on into the main points that I thought were important to discuss for the podcast. We'll be including links to all the websites so you can check them out for yourself. You can see the full definitions, everything like that.
Number one, USDA organic. So the main points that I took away about this certification is that the animals must be fed 100% organic agricultural feed. And this does not have to be for their entire lives. There are certain specifications depending on the species, but you can read about that on the website. I'm not gonna go into detail. Basically for a certain amount of time before slaughter, or before their milk and eggs are sold, they need to be on 100% organic agricultural feed. Ruminants, cattle, sheep, and goats. These are some of the most common ruminants that we eat or consume dairy products from on a regular basis. Ruminants must be out in a pasture for the entire grazing season, a minimum of 120 days. It's also receive at least 30% of their feed intake from the pasture. This means the pasture must have some grass for them to eat. That way no one can sneak through a loophole and turn them out onto an empty pasture and supplement all their feed. 30% of it must come from the pasture itself. And the third main takeaway is that all organic livestock and poultry must have year-round outdoor access. Outdoor access does not mean you ensure that the animals go outside. A great example of this is poultry. It can be as little as a chicken door in a giant barn that is open for five minutes a day. And the USDA will consider that enough for an organic certification. It's definitely worth mentioning that becoming certified organic is a difficult process whether you grow crops or raise livestock. Although you can ultimately charge more for your products, must also invest an additional amount in your animals in order to meet the criteria for organic certification. Let's talk now about another common label, Certified Humane. This certification is done by the HFAC, Humane Farm Animal Care. They have a focus on poultry and they have three standards for poultry. Barn raised, meaning 15% of floor space has litter for dust baths. Perches must allow six inches of space per bird and 20% of perches must be elevated. Also requirements for feeder and drinker spaces, which are unspecified. The second certification is free range. This certification stipulates that birds must have two square feet per bird and hens must be outdoors at least six hours per day, weather permitting. Pasture-raised stipulates 1,000 birds per 2.5 acres, which is 108 square feet per bird. Rotated pastures and birds must be outdoors year-round. While the USDA also has a definition for free-range, it is much looser. Definition of free-range is unregulated with beef, has no standard definition, leaving it up to the farmer to determine what a free-range cow is. As I discussed earlier, the USDA definition of free-range for poultry means that they are cage-free and allowed at least five minutes of open-air access each day. Five minutes is enough to be certified as free-range by the USDA. Now, it's definitely worth mentioning that livestock farming and really all kinds of farming are a difficult profession with consumers becoming increasingly conscientious about where their food comes from, how it's been raised, and how it was killed. An increasing number of people are becoming interested in paying the extra buck to get organic eggs, meat, and dairy and pasture-raised eggs. Not every farmer is able to comply with the standards required for organic and certified humane certification, and not every farmer can afford to do so.
All right, now let's move on to discussing that people choose to combat factory farming by avoiding store-bought meat and animal products or consuming as little as possible. Choosing to homestead and raise your own meat, eggs, dairy, and any other animal products you might want to supplement. Homesteaders often oppose factory farming and current animal welfare standards and desire more humane treatment for farm damage. The website Treehugger discusses how many people come to homesteading because they feel disillusioned with the disconnect between urban and suburban life and food production. So many people in the U.S. today consume meat without really ever considering where it comes from, how those animals were raised, or sometimes even what part of the animal they're eating. As a result, not only do people have very little understanding of how their food got to their plate, but often lack a basic understanding of the life cycle of the animal whose meat, dairy, and eggs they are consuming. Some of the odd beliefs I've heard include you can't eat a fertilized egg, that hens need a rooster around in order to stimulate laying, that cows produce milk year-round without having to become impregnated, well as a general blatant lack of understanding and information around the life cycle of meat, egg, and dairy production animals, the different breeds that are used for different purposes in the meat, egg, and dairy industry, or how a whole animal turned into the pieces of meat they're holding in their hands. So let's discuss the definition of homesteading. What does that even mean? How do different people define the concept of homesteading? The website Treehugger discusses homesteading first and foremost as being a broad concept. It describes homesteading as a lifestyle with a commitment to self-sufficiency, growing and preserving food in the form of plants and animals, producing your own electricity, and making your own fabric and clothing. Many homesteaders, such as myself, are limited to the first level. We supplement the food we eat with meat, eggs, and vegetables from our garden, and if we're able to, perhaps even dairy and fruit. As I mentioned earlier, Treehugger discusses how many people come into homesteading because they're disillusioned with the disconnect between urban living, food production, physical labor, and the seasons. They might also want to embrace slower, simpler living or learn valuable skills like farming, gardening, and caring for livestock. Mother Earth News has a very holistic definition of homesteading, discussing it not only as a principle, but as a way of life. They describe homesteading as all about self-sufficiency, using less energy, eating wholesome local food, involving your family in the community, and making wiser choices to improve the quality of life for your family, community, and the environment. The website An Off-Grid Life has some of my favorite definitions and descriptions of homestead. They discuss how those who come into homesteading often have an interest in self-reliance and a DIY mindset. They also discuss how homesteading can vary greatly depending on time, money, and the amount of land you have. Backyard homesteaders may want to keep their activities simple engaging in activities such as gardening, chicken keeping, and homestead crafts with kids. Others may have a deep interest in the concept of living self-sufficiently and sustainably by growing your own vegetable garden and raising your own animals for meat, eggs, and milk. It also discusses the concept of urban homesteading. This can include a low-cost garden, baking bread, and raising small farm animals. Traditional homesteading can include a backyard garden and raising small farm animals such as meat rabbits, chickens for meat and eggs, ducks, turkeys, quail, yay! 
and goats. Being a quail raiser myself, I would definitely emphasize don't overlook Caternix quail. I got to try my first two Caternix quail that I butchered a couple of days ago. I soaked them in a honey olive oil marinade and barbecued them and they were delicious. My family and I really enjoyed the quail and I am saving the bones in the freezer to make bone broth with. Waste not want not, am I right? Anyways, that's all for today's episode. As always, don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify, share it with your friends, and download episodes so you can listen on the go. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next one.